Hello, Ms. Abrams. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm, of course. Um, tell us a bit about yourself. I am the founder of CEOX. It's an organization focused on getting more women into CEO roles and supporting them once they are there. Yeah, I see. I see. So what inspired you to begin this organization for helping women pair up with visionary companies to help the gender inequality of the CEO position? How did you get started? Yeah, so I had been working in venture capital and I just really found venture to be broken for women on many different yeah. levels. Uh, there are not enough women at venture funds uh, determining where money goes. Women-led yeah. companies are getting a very small amount of the venture funding. And then this issue, which I'm solving for, which is that it's not uncommon for founders of companies to be replaced as their companies grow. Um, it's oftentimes a different skill set that, that is needed to grow and scale a company than to found a company. And I was watching this replacement happen. And every single time I watched it happen, it was a man given that role, including yeah. when it was a women's healthcare platform for tracking your fertility. And mm -hmm. when the investors put a man in that role, um, it was what inspired me to make some changes because I knew there were amazing women out there and yeah. I really understand why they weren't being selected for these roles. And so the idea with CEOX was to go out and pre-identify women that would make great CEOs so that I could connect them with investors when they're looking for a new CEO. And you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bias issues involved in the hiring process for women where men tend to be hired on potential. Women are hired on what they've accomplished already. And so mm -hmm. women often aren't <clears throat> given these CEO opportunities, even though they have all of the same qualifications and backgrounds as, as men do. And there's a lot of data also that shows that women-led companies grow faster, generate more revenue, use invested dollars to better effect. They exit on average a year earlier. Yeah. So there's a real economic benefit to the investors for bringing women into these roles. So that's what I set out to do with CEOX. Um, I've grown, I've grown the company. We have over 800 women in the network. I've placed 10 CEOs, several C-suite roles, and some board roles as well. But I do focus mm -hmm. on, on CEO because I think that's where real change is going to happen is when yeah. women are leading companies. And quite frankly, I just believe that the world will be a better place with more women leading companies, with more women leading countries and mm -hmm. um, in politics and in all those top leadership spaces. Um, and not just, not just better for women, but better for everyone. And that's why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very admirable, because like this issue has been around for so long that like women are not getting um, higher positions than men. And it's really admirable that you take that step, especially like how insane it is that it's a little women fertility app and uh, a man gets put in charge of it. That's definitely um, tells you that something needs to be done. Yeah, it shows you how broken the system is right there. Yeah. So um, how does the process of finding eligible companies and passionate CEOs work? Like, what is the process of pairing them? Yeah, so 
I identify the women by referral. So when I started, I started just within my own network and I reached out to CEOs and senior leaders and said, who have you worked with that would make a great CEO send her my way? And so that's how it started. And now it happens a little bit more organically. I get, you know, as, as people come across CEO X, they'll, they'll nominate people. I have a lot of the women in the network, nominate other women because they are also, of course, senior leaders. So mm-hmm. that part is is a little bit easier now. You know, I've built this yeah. huge work. And so that happens pretty organically. Mm-hmm. On the customer side, it's a lot more of me actively reaching out to the venture community and letting them know that CEOX is a resource for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's it's usually a pretty low stakes um, outreach to them. I, I know that these CEO openings don't come up every day. Um, if you know, one venture fund might have that happen once a year for a portfolio company and, and maybe even less than that. So it's really just about getting the word out there that we are a resource that we're very easy to work with. We're affordable to work with. And that if, if you are not Go putting in some effort to find diverse candidates. You're really um, making a mistake and and mm-hmm. shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. So that's interesting. But uh, also, like, tell me a bit about your journey to creating your organization. Like, um, what difficulties, what setbacks, and failures did you face? Yeah. So. So I was 47 years old when I started my first company, which mm-hmm. is interesting because I never considered myself to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, it was never a goal of mine to start my own company and lead a company. Um, to me, it was very, it was scary. It was really scary to take that leap. And so just starting it and do, you know, putting my idea out into the world and asking people to support support it with, you know, nominations. And um, it was very difficult. It's not in my personality, I would say Mm -hmm. to do this. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert. And um, when you start a company where you're going to be the face of it, and you're literally going to be talking to people all day long, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely a challenge for me um, to, to even start it. But it was just such a gross problem. I mean, mm-hmm. when you see this happen time and time again, you, yeah. I was very motivated to make change, even though personally, I knew it would be very difficult for me. Yeah. Especially because everyone acts like the problem just isn't there. So I think it's definitely important for someone to try and take initiative. Yeah, it, it's true. I mean, we have, yeah. still have so far to go on the leadership side. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, you see a lot of the data showing that more women are getting college degrees now than men. Um, but at the highest levels, that is not translating yet. Uh, the The wage gap is still, um, it has barely budged over the last 20 years. Uh, the wealth gap is pretty significant between men and women. And across the board um, of CEOs, 
only about 5% of CEOs, private and public companies combined are women. So at the highest levels of leadership, it's just the, the gender equity is not there yet. And so there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. So earlier you said that you, uh, you focus on not only getting women into these CEO roles, you also support them. So like, what, what does that involve exactly? Yeah. So mm-hmm. as, as CEO X grew, we, we created a community out of it. And I did not go into CEO X thinking I was going to create a community, but it, it quickly became clear that it would be valuable and, um, you know, not, not difficult in the sense of I'm meeting all these women, let's just bring them together. And so that's where the community came from. And the idea is really, um, women as they get, as I get higher in their career, they tend to have fewer female peers as well. It's Mm -hmm. not. and, And so, we need to build our own networks of powerful women. And then of course, the idea that if I place a woman in a CEO role, unlike a traditional recruiter who cashes their check and moves on to the next placement, I'm involved with them. Um, Mm -hmm. I've surrounded her with amazing, smart, talented, experienced women that she can go to for help with navigating some of the issues that she might encounter in these CEO roles. So Mm -hmm. um, that leads me, leaves me feeling very confident in her prospects for success. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Tell me some of your success stories in getting women to CEO positions. Yeah, I mean, so... I, I think of everyone as really a success story, but mm-hmm. when I hear from women, for one, one I placed in the transportation industry, which is very, very male dominated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she shared a story once with me about how as a VP at a large transportation company, when mm-hmm. she got her first office, uh, one of her colleagues came in and said, who did you have to sleep with to get this office? And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that faces women every single day. I hear stories like that on the daily from, yeah. from women. And so um, when, when they f- get these opportunities, it is life-changing for them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's um, a huge step societally and economically for these women, um, not just for them personally and with their family, but mm-hmm. it it's, it's making societal change, which I think is, is key. Yeah, definitely. I feel that that one comment is definitely something that women probably do face a lot. Like people just don't think that they're capable of anything. And yeah, that's definitely, I'm glad that COX is, focus on tackling that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, what are some common misconceptions about your line of work or your organization that you would like to correct? Well, I get, I talk to a lot of women who think that they would make a great number two, as mm-hmm. in a COO versus a CEO. And I will push back on that until I'm right in the face, because I think um, part of that is again, societal, um, where we just don't see enough women in these top spots. So we don't see ourselves in those top spots. And we often think of ourselves as the ones, the 
that are getting stuff done, which we're very good at. Women are very good at executing and getting stuff done. And that is sometimes considered that COO or president role and that second in command role. And we often don't see ourselves as the CEO. And I, I just want every woman out there who is in a leadership role to realize that they have what it takes to be a CEO and we need more women in CEO roles to really demystify it. Uh, We need more women in CEO roles to change the, the norms around it um, to create more inclusive environments and work environments that are more um, inclusive to family life and to creating a successful um, I don't want to necessarily use the word balance, but fulfilling right. that is, is not just work, but, um, family related relationship based. And I think that is what's going to be transformative for our culture. Yeah. Wow. That is a really good answer. So one more thing, how do you stay motivated and maintain a positive attitude in the face of your setbacks and failures? Well, I mean, I don't always, to be honest, Yeah, <laughs> you know, failures are hard. And I, you know, I've had a couple, uh, this year, one, one was very difficult. I was, I was working with a company to mm-hmm. find a board member and I, I worked very, very closely with this company. Yeah. Um, I walked them through, I helped them create questions that should be asked, um, was much more involved than I typically am where I just make connections. Um, but this company and the founders really needed the, the extra help. And I was very involved. They ended up putting my final two candidates through four rounds of interviews. And then they decided they weren't going to hire either of them, that they had changed their requirements altogether and they were going to start fresh. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was, it was disappointing on so many levels because it felt like they weren't transparent. I -hmm. felt that it reflected poorly on me and CEOX as a company, because when you put somebody through that many interviews and put that much effort into a role, and then they, at the very end are like, "Mm, no, we changed what we're looking for. I mean, it just, it reflects poorly on, on my company. Mm -hmm. Um, I do know my candidates thought it reflected poorly on, on that company themselves. They did not blame me, but still I hate that. Um, and then of course I didn't get paid at the end either for all that work. And so it was, it was hard and those things, um, you know, you, you, you process it, you process it hopefully quickly and, and just move on to the next thing and, um, know you're making a difference, but Mm -hmm. it's not always easy to get through those failures, but it's also just a fact of life. And so you, you keep that in perspective and, uh, move on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think it's really great that the candidates at least didn't blame you because it definitely wasn't your fault. It's more of the system that's, you know, uh, messed up. But yeah, you did your best and that's what matters. That's right. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Now we'll move on to kind of um, how do you continue to evolve and adapt your organization? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> honestly, that's something that happens every day. Um, right. 
if I look back to how CEOX started, you know, I certainly stayed true to the mission mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the core values and beliefs and how I did it. I, that has not changed, but um, you know, a lot of changes in the day-to-day -day operations, everything from, you know, what database I use to how I communicate with everyone, mm -hmm. um, what tools I'm using. Um, and, you know, now I've gotten to a point where I'm not going to be meeting each individual CEOX candidate anymore because I just can't do that. I, I just right. don't have, there are not enough hours in the day. Yeah, and exactly. so I'm having to change that a little bit, which is, is hard, is a hard change for me because mm -hmm. I really enjoy those individual one-on-one -on -one conversations, but, yeah. um, you know, that it, you just evolve, you evolve slowly. Sometimes it's, it's, a you know, something goes wrong and you realize you need to make a change. Other, it's just kind of growing pains and knowing you have to shift efforts and, um, you know, you do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. It's definitely going to be a bittersweet feeling, right? Because your company is growing on one hand, but on the other, you won't get as much one-on-one -on -one time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I will still um, do a fair amount of that because I enjoy yeah. it. But, also, you're you're absolutely right. It's a little it's a little bittersweet because I love hearing women's stories. They mm -hmm. the women in the network are incredibly inspiring. Yeah, uh, they they I you know I'm often in awe. I'm like I can't believe I get yeah. to talk to you today because of what mm -hmm. you've accomplished in your in your life and in your career. So, um, but you know you got you have to adjust. You have to um figure out how to keep the company moving forward and and th there are just certain things that um given it's a it's constantly a give and take kind of thing yeah definitely so now we'll kind of move on to some more uh less uh kind of company based questions and more something about like you like what have you learned that you'd like to share with others um, I've learned to know yourself and honor what, honor your, your personality. So I, I mentioned earlier that I'm an introvert and, you know, that what that means is at the end of the day, if I am, um, you know, in 10, 10 different meetings with people I've never met before, it's very, very draining. Yeah. And so I've had to put limits around that. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I have to be okay with that. You know, I always think at, at the beginning, I was like, well, somebody else could be doing this so much better and, and talking to 10 people a day versus me talking to five. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact is they're not doing it. So yeah. I can only give as much as I can give and I have to take care of myself. So yeah. I started limiting um, the number of meetings I take in a day mm -hmm. and the hours that I take them in. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm much more of a morning person. So I make sure that I have the 
the meetings in the mornings where I'm mm-hmm. a little more on top of it. And then I do my work during the day. So, so just like knowing yourself and being okay with that, that, Mm -hmm. um, I think is, is really key. And one of my biggest learnings of starting my own company. Yeah, I see. I see. That's definitely valuable. Um, there's something valuable that other people can learn from as well. And, um, along with that, what advice do you have for young people who are just starting out while maybe creating an organization for something they're passionate about or just pursuing something that they're passionate about? Yeah, you know, I always I always like to tell, um, especially young women, yeah. that they should have a big vision for their career. I mean, we all know that best laid plans, right, where that goes, but you should be thinking high level CEO from the very earliest stages. If there's one thing I've learned from a lot of the female CEOs I've talked to is that they really believe had they had that on their vision map even earlier, that they probably would have been a CEO sooner. And I think that's really important that you start thinking big like that at an early age. Mm -hmm. I also um, need young women to know that misogyny is not dead in the workspace. Um, So be prepared for it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, be prepared for it. Um, Mm -hmm. Have have some good comebacks, know what's going to happen. Yeah. I know that when I started off in my career, I had this perception that the world was a fair place and, and balanced and gender issues were no longer, um, really issues any longer because that, that was all over in, in the sixties and seventies. And you look Mm -hmm. at the, the feminist movement and how much change they, they created, Um, but there are still a lot of problems in, in the world. And so do not go into the work world with rose colored glasses, be prepared, um, and stand up for yourself from the, Mm -hmm. from day one, do not let, um, people take your power away from you. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. Because, um, we may be able to vote and like, it may seem like, oh, like women are in higher positions, they're getting college degrees, you know, education is higher, all that. But yeah, it does make sense that, you know, it's not exactly like that and you need to be prepared. So I think it's very valuable advice. Hmm. Um, what are some examples of misogyny, misogyny that you have ex- experienced or maybe witnessed? You did tell us one earlier, but do you have, do you have any comments on that? Oh, yeah, where to start? I mean, I tell the story often about how I worked walked into my first business meeting. I had mm-hmm. just graduated magna cum laude in aerospace engineering, and yeah. I walked into my first big business meeting. It was a room full of men, and one of the men oh. commented on my legs. He said to everybody else, "Wow, she has great legs." Oh my. I was so shocked. Like I could not believe it just happened. Um and it really made it clear what I was in for. Yeah. <laughs> um and that this was not going to be as easy as I thought or that I was not being treated fairly or um you know, they probably they thought that that was my value, that my mm-hmm. you know, how my body looked was my value and and not my brain and it was very disheartening. Um, 
And I could tell you many more stories in, Mm -hmm. I worked in, I was working in the aviation field and I, it's a very male dominated and, um, you know, from being asked to fill in for the receptionist, despite that I was the engineer, um, to being told I wasn't getting a raise because my partner made plenty of money. So I didn't need to get more money. Um, you know, so, so many things. And I hear Mm -hmm. those stories today, like that. It's not just stuff that happened early on in my career. Those things are still happening to women today. Um, and, and so I think, I think that there's a lot more awareness. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there are fewer of those people out there, but it is still an issue and, and it shouldn't be, but it still is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, like the whole comment about your partner is making enough so you don't need to wow. That was incredibly infuriating. Oh my God. Um, you know, I can't even tell you some of the stories that I've heard even, within the last couple months, um, yes. commenting on women's bodies, um, mm-hmm. at, at the highest levels, at the highest levels, not oh. just, you know, at the, at the cute intern that comes in, but, um, women that have 20, 30 plus years of experiencing of yeah. experience, having their bodies commented in, on in a room full of, um, others, it, it's yeah. still happening. It's, horrifying. Um, and just, just one more reason that keeps me motivated. You think you earlier asked me, how do I keep motivated? That's Mm -hmm. those stories is one of those ways. I see. Yeah. That makes sense. These are, it's very, it's very like upsetting to hear about one last question. How do you balance your personal life with the demands of your career? Yeah. I mean, I, I talked a little bit about how I arrange my schedule and, Mm -hmm. um, that that's really key because I am, um, I'm still the mom. I have two young sons and I am still the, you know, one, one in charge of making sure my household runs. And so I, I do put limits on my work. Um, I put limits on my calls, but I'm also one of those people that you'll, you know, at eight o'clock at night, I'll probably be, on my laptop, maybe watching a show, but, you know, getting all the work done that I didn't get done because Mm -hmm. I was, you know, picking up the kids and dropping them off at practice or making dinner or doing the laundry. I, you know, it's, I guess I have a a pretty nonstop life, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's it's constantly doing stuff. Um, I would say if I didn't like doing it, I wouldn't be. Um, That's, So I'm not saying that like somebody should feel sorry for me. I, Mm -hmm. I like being the caretaker of my kids and I like my work and I just, I do make it work. I try, I also, you know, sometimes have to force myself to stop um, because I know I need a brain break. Um, And I think everybody should be doing that too. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for, um, you know, have sitting down, just uh, letting me interview today. Do you have any final notes or anything you'd like to say um, to anyone who's listening? Yeah, um, boy, 
That's, that's, a, big, yeah. that's a big one. I mean, that's I feel like one, I said yeah, like a it's lot like, okay, um, and gave lots thing. of unsolicited advice, especially yeah. to uh, young women. And so I'll just maybe reiterate to think bigger. Um, yeah. Don't don't let the lack of role models um, make you think that you can't do it. You absolutely can. Uh, mm-hmm. Be prepared for yeah. some of the things you're going to encounter in the, in the work world, because if you're prepared, you're more likely to, um, you know, keep, keep those people from taking your power away from you, which is mm-hmm. key to being successful and, and not letting your confidence be eroded over the course of your, your working time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, take risks and, take chances and don't ever feel stuck. Like you can't make a change or do something different. Just, just go out and and do it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, once again, and, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a pleasure talking to you and thanks Mm -hmm. for, thanks for reaching out. Um, it's nice to share my story and I hope it is helpful to, um, you and and your listeners yeah um it was definitely very inspiring all right um bye bye